0: Apocalypse, I said, why you want to show up? Hello, my friends and listeners. This is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, coming to you with another theater horror story. I try to do that more like I I, I keep pushing myself to see just how gravelly and weird that can get. So uh, hopefully that is scaring and intimidating all of you, or at least making you laugh at how much I am trying too hard. Um, speaking of trying too hard, I went to see the Batman today. Thank you, Riddler, for being completely chewing all of the scenery. It's all cho- it's all cho- chewed up. Anyway, yeah,
1: I think I think the past tense of chew is chode, chode? is it chode? No, chode. Ooh, sorry, that's the way I made my entrance. <laughs> what? Is, who
0: is this voice? I ruined it. Now the episode has a rating of E. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, this is Brian Michael Jones. Hello, Brian.
1: Hi, Aaron.
0: Brian recorded episode number 11 with us, The Rites of Dionysus. And uh, I, I, as I say to all of these people who come back and do these horror stories with me, I I sincerely hope you have recovered from that. I mean, there was a lot of wine drinking and animals and people being ripped apart. I and just I'm love right. the old men. The old men are like, "Where, where <laughs> goes? I guess we're gonna have to get torn apart by some beautiful drunk women." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if you haven't listened to that episode? Go back and listen to that. Brian and I had a great time with that. But I wrote to Brian this week, and I said, "Brian, are you interested in doing a theater horror story?" And I think the response I may be paraphrasing here because I don't have the DM pulled up was. Oh, yeah, shoot, let's go. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what I say. I say that all the time. Oh, yeah, shoot, let's go. BrianMichaelJones.com. This is your just do it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, Brian, you said you have a several horror stories for me. I'm here for you, man. Oh, thanks.
1: There's so many um, uh, doing theater uh, in Los Angeles um, for decade or more, and and things go things go wrong. And a lot of these stories uh, I have are, are just little uh oh's that get fixed pretty quickly because it was an, with an improv company. But but the real uh oh's for stories happened with scripted work where there is supposed. This is the way it is supposed to go, and people have seen this play before. You know things like that. Like I'm pretty sure Hamlet doesn't say, "Oh shit, that ain't supposed." To-. <laughs>
0: that's not in the script we did improv for a while together and yes that is an environment where we are waiting for things to go wrong and when we are able to set the wheels right again the audience cheers even more
1: yep yep uh but i wrote a list of just a quick list of just the 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 best ones the funnest funnest uh ones uh in on the improv side uh we were doing uh shows in california there was an earthquake (laughs) in the middle of a romantic comedy and uh and it was played off like. I feel the ground shake, for I do love thee. So, you know. Uh, just just enough to check in with the audience uh, and make sure they're not running to the exits. Like, no, we planned for that. <laughs> uh, or if you have to run out, buy some concessions on your way. Yes, was, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Light, lights have fallen from the grid. Oh, geez. You know, a lighting instrument, shh, pow, you know. I fall for thee. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even the stars
0: collapse for our love. Yes,
1: that's it. <laughs> and um, and uh, we had a- I had an actor of mine uh, uh, on a balcony and say this poignant, beautiful poem, you know, and then the lights go out and you hear, in the dark, which was the sound <laughs> of a body hitting the stage floor at about maybe 10 feet up. <laughs> bless her heart. she was going down a staircase with a railing on one side and she went too far to the left and there was no railing there and it all happened in the dark
0: <laughs> no not even a
1: bit it was a slip off silent am i going to die bam ah! everyone heard that part that was the best uh and uh, she went out backstage and in the dark you know uh, we, we went back there what was happening what's going on and are you okay are you okay and she had her hand over her bleeding forehead and and in a stage whisper i am not okay i am going home (laughs) and she went home and uh and i think when we came back from that scene like we addressed it kind of like saying ladies and gentlemen uh one of our actors fell but she's fine uh let's continue on with the play (laughs) now was that a scripted show that was an unscripted show. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So that, that way, was not just, a video. Uh, yeah, yeah. We just kind <laughs> of made it work. It didn't, it didn't impact the narrative, which is my point of like, if it's improv, yeah, no big deal. However, she probably could have died. That would have been real. <laughs> and there was another, my last little improv snippet, and then I'll get into the scripted horror stories, was uh, we were doing an outside uh, improvised Shakespearean play. At a beautiful outdoor garden. It was like a, a tree nursery, this beautiful park that had the amphitheater carved, you know, into the side of the hill. And we're doing this improvised Shakespeare. It's very witty, very punny, very, very fun. And uh, there was a gentleman who fainted uh, and went down the stairs. Boom, head over heels. Oh, God. It, 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 and the, the lights were such that everybody could see the audience at all time. It was all well lit. Everyone saw it. And it was a gasp. And, and it would, nothing will grind uh, an improvised soliloquy to a halt fast than uh, a call to an ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) And we were outside. We paused and everyone stood on the stage in solidarity in a line waiting. There was actually a doctor in the house. Ah! up! And he was being tended to by by a total medical professional. Um, And he he ended up being okay. He ended up being fine. But we waited there. Thinking, okay, all right, he's fine. And here comes the uh, ambulance driving up the, the tree nursery, like this dirt road, you know, to, towards where our amphitheater was. Loaded him on the stretcher, checked him out, lights flashing, the whole thing. And in theater, you crave to create a, a, a world away from reality for your audience. Escape oh <laughs> Nothing shatters that more than an EMT with a light in the eyes, and flashing lights on the ambulance, and then <laughs> woo, 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 driving away. And as it drives, away, as this was going on, we we're huddling backstage. What do we do? Do we continue the show? Somebody could have died. Somebody broke the real chance of somebody breaking their neck just happened. Do we? Do we go back out and go yuckety yucko these and thousands? Shakespeare time? Oh, so we came out. And we, we decided to let the audience decide. We came out. Uh, oh. we we had it. I know. I don't know if this was the right call, Aaron. But somebody <laughs> uh, came out and said. Everybody, I just want to acknowledge that he he's fine. We've heard back from uh, uh, him. He's he will be. You know, he he's not in any danger. Um, just had a bump on the head. We um, and we want to acknowledge that, and in full respect of that, check in and ask you, the audience, how are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, "We're fine." Do you want do you want to continue with the show? And it was like, "Yeah, we don't care that that guy almost died."
0: we bought the show we paid our money well yeah i mean what what were they what were they supposed to do like like uh, okay i put my money down that guy got hurt and then you know i mean that's kind of that kind of reminds me like when somebody in uh, a sporting event gets injured and oh everyone and, takes a, knee and, for a little bit. everybody yeah. waits for a little while and and, and right. out out in the audience you're like geez uh, whoa man he got nailed and then when that person is able to get up, everybody gives them a big round of applause. They're like, "Yeah, you survived it! Yeah!" Mm-hmm. All right, where were we? Where were we?
1: But on my scripted story, uh, you may you may be aware of it, Aaron. You know, uh, we went to college together way back when, and but you had already graduated, so I was said, so this is my senior year, and uh, my good friend uh, Jonathan McDonald went by Johnny Mac. Still goes by Johnny Mac. Yep. He uh had this brilliant and and uh not audacious, but I don't really, really um taking a big risk. What's the word I'm looking for? Ambitious. Ambitious. There it is. Very ambitious uh goal of producing of mice and men in uh on my park. It's this beautiful park on on the Malibu campus. There's some trees and some kind of workout equipment towards one area.
0: I think I've heard this story, uh, but please continue. God, I love it. Oh,
1: baby. It's, 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 stay with it. Stay with us. We have uh, uh, this beautiful pond and some kind of a workout equipment that is made out of wood. So it kind of looks like the inside of the barn. And most of the action of Mice and Men takes place outside in the wood. Of course, there's a pivotal moment at the end overlooking this beautiful pond um, and it's a farm with a bunch of workhouse workhouse men, you know, hanging out in the barn, chatting and things like that. And for those of you unfamiliar with the story of mice and men, it follows the adventure of, you know, George and Lenny, Lenny being a, a huge, huge man who doesn't know his own strength. He's a mind of a simple child. He doesn't know his own strength. And it gets him in trouble. He accidentally, you know, murder someone and now they're on the lamb you know, they're, they're running away because there's this mob who are going to catch uh, uh, Lenny. Yeah. And right. And just, you know, just beat them to the other, string them up or, 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 you know, Lynch him. Lynch him. Right? Yeah, of course of what he actually did. And George played by myself uh, uh, at the, at the end of um, of My Sin Men. Uh, spoiler: um, there's a there's a mercy killing. He, he's my best friend. I know that if I I know he's gonna die. He's I can't escape this mob coming after him. So I you know George and Lenny uh, you know there's this beautiful uh, speech where I talk about um, across the pond. Look there, Lenny, across the pond. You're gonna see and I paint this beautiful scene picture for him while I take out a gun behind his back and put him out of his misery and shoot him in the back of the head so that he isn't you know, beaten to death, right? It's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Powerful scene. And Johnny Mac's production of this uh, took place in real, in real time outside by a pond, and there's this dirt-paved road, and the audience was da- sitting down, uh, seat- seated down on these blankets, and, mm-hmm. and it happened around. Ooh. So we were... They were in the middle. We were around them, right? right? So, at the opposite of feet around, right? And it it was awesome. The play just descended upon the audience with a real. We had a we had a 1956 uh, a Bel Air. We had a, a beautiful like pale yellow 55 Ford F one fifty you know truck. Wow, these farm workers like real cars, and so they would drive down the street, and you really felt like you were back in the back in the fifties. And then I hopped out the back of the truck, and and we started the play, at, and 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 it happened all around the audience. And it was a it was a cold day. I remember it, it was kind of overcast and, you know, you've got this sea fog kind of rolling in. So uh, the audience was, was bundled up and, you know, it was hard <laughs> to hear. We had a lot of things, you know, fighting. It wasn't a theater. A theater is a theater for a reason. You can control the environment. Well, this is absolutely uncontrolled. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we did the play. It went off great. Um, and, uh, uh, and the actor Brandon, who, who his name is pl- played uh, Lenny. Um, did a wonderful job uh, and it came down to that final scene. That final scene by the pond. Right. And we had uh, a prop gun that did not fire. Don't Don't think about that. Yeah. The mob is coming in real time. They're in the back of this uh, yellow uh, truck and they are driving down the street because they take their cue from seeing us by the pond. Okay, get in the car and actually drive. So there's no stopping. There's no Pausing, uh, it, it's in real time. So if I don't dispatch of my best friend Lenny here in this moment, the mob will show up and they will beat him to death. And that is absolutely the opposite ending that George, that uh, Steinbeck wrote. <laughs> oh,
0: so so uh, so the audience the audience is aware of this. They can see the truck coming. Oh yes. Oh my and god. And like it's time oh to god. time to pull the trigger, Brian. Time to trying to
1: do it. And it's a it's a prop gun. It has a um. Pop sound, you know, cartridge in it, right? And uh, and that's and that's what they hear. You know, the audience needs to hear it's. It's and and, uh, I'm pulling the trigger, and the trigger will not compress. It will not compress. It will not compress. I don't have any time to come up with anything else. If this, I could do improv. I could improv around a comedy all day long. This is not a comedy. No. And I, I don't. I think I panicked. I don't know. In hindsight, but this is what I did, folks. I have to kill. I have to mercy kill him, right? If I can't shoot him, and his death is an instant and painless. But I've got to kill him in a, in a in a in a in a way that is better than having the mob get him. I made the decision to beat him to death with the butt of the gun. <laughs> Horrible. I might as well have let the I might as well have let the mob get him. <laughs> because instead of being beaten to death by strangers, now he's beaten to death by his best friend.
0: By his best friend, and has no idea why.
1: And he's not And he's no. <laughs> you were talking to me about rabbits, George. Ow! Stop! Ow! Ow! What's happening? I mean, you can imagine how horrible. Oh. So Brandon, to his credit, his credit, you know, he and I have improvised a bit, and so he knows if hmm. something is, he knows to go with whatever happens, right? I I, I give a big a, hey, yeah, you know, because I have to give an audible.
0: You got to give him a
1: sound. Now, so, I have to yeah. give an audible to cue. And he falls down into this grass that's that's tall enough to cover his face. The audience can't see his face, but the audience does see see me up and down, whale on his head with the gun. Oh! And the look on on his face, his eyes were wide, and it, it looked like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like, "What? What is?" I don't know if he felt total betrayal or or what. I I just. So after I did the deed, I stood up and I pretended to be all tired, like, yeah, that's the way that's what Steinbeck wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, the the truck backs in, opens a tailgate, and the mob get out and they look and they see and, and the way uh, uh, the director directed that moment is they pick up Lenny's body, put him in the back of the truck, and drive away while I hang my head and walk the opposite direction. And then the play is over and the audience would leave. Right. So as they go and go to do this, they, they don't know what happened. They, they just do it normal. And, uh, uh, they get out and they grab, uh, uh, Lenny's body, put it in the back of the truck, close it. And then they go to drive away. But you remember when I said it was overcast and there was that marine layer fog coming in. Oh God. The bank of the, the land where the truck was backing up had turned into slippery mud. <laughs> Now you've got a lot, you've got a lot of dudes in it, and it is trying to spinning the wheels, flinging mud, and sliding uh, uh, down the bankment into the pond. <laughs> this beautiful '55 Chevy truck is going to be at the bottom of the lake, as, and, and they're gunning it, and they're spinning and flinging mud everywhere. Meanwhile, I'm just still standing there, watching it happen, going, "God, what have I done?" <laughs>
0: Well, you didn't bring in the fog, so you just beat a man to death,
1: and uh, and they eventually like get out and kind of help push the, the the car like up on the bank, and then finally they slowly like drive away, and I'm like, oh boy. So I go and I walk off the opposite direction, going, man, that gun didn't fire. Oh man, what, what, are they supposed, to what are they supposed to do? Like choke him? That would have been worse. <laughs> I'm a little guy. He's huge. Like, what? How could I uh, push him in the water? He's gonna know to go
0: you in. Know, uh, just let him drown.
1: Drown? I don't know.
0: Oh my god! So I'm walking god. back, god. and the,
1: and the car picks me up, and I get in, the, and they immediately go, "Brian, what happened?" And I'm like, "The gun didn't fire." And the director, John, he goes, well, "Let me see it." I give it to him, and he he point. He's outside the car. He points it, and he just immediately goes, "Pop!" Works perfectly, and realize there was nothing wrong with the gun. I was just cold. My little hand was cold. Couldn't pull the trigger. I was free. I was shivering. And I just physically, I couldn't do it. My hand was numb. <laughs> I, and I didn't even try. Listen, I didn't even try to do it with both hands. I immediately went, oh, guns broke. Like, no. <laughs> I could have, could have, in hindsight, given maybe the old college try, give maybe two hands to do it. Or maybe say, hey, hey, Lenny, I can't, can you kill yourself? I can't pull the trigger. Anything. <laughs> So I was beside myself. (laughs) Just beside myself. Oh, God. What have I done? What have I done? I mean, it's just a beautiful moment. It's such a beautiful, heartbreaking, bittersweet moment. Turned into brutal friend murder. (laughs) And and it's like the mob got out and went,
0: yeah, that's what we would have done. Nice job, George. Let's get him. Uh, God damn it. There's nothing left to
1: beat. Anyway. Oh, I I did Romeo and Romeo and Juliet, and I actually stabbed uh, Tybalt.
0: <laughs> the, knife, the knife, the knife was
1: supposed to disappear into the you know handle, not so much. Oh my god! Uh, it, it was, and, and a prop master had made it. Hey, this looks cool. I made this. That's a red flag. That's a red flag.
0: <laughs> I didn't like. It, uh, did you did you clear it with OSHA? Who's that? <laughs> Is she new?
1: <laughs> uh So it hurt him. Uh, it, hurt. It, it hurt him a little bit and, uh, and he still had to, you know, die on stage with his face up stage with his eyes wide and clenching his abs like
0: Mother so, yeah.
1: Now it's in play. It's fine. Things go wrong. And, and, and you know, it's in summary. You try your best to make the best of it, uh, even if it means killing your best friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With the butt of a gun. gun. Wow. Go, folks. Those are fantastic. God, I love those. Brian, thank you for sharing those with me tonight. Well, there we go. More horror stories. They still happen. They still happen, gang. And, but. The show must go on. Must go on. Yes. Well, thank you again, Brian, Michael Jones. I appreciate it. Hey, Frank and Emmett looks like it's doing really, really well.
1: Yeah, I was looking up for a short film called Frank and Emmett. Uh, it's Oscar uh, nominated worthy now. It won a festival as the best uh, uh, short and therefore is now able to be nominated. So that's yep. cool.
0: There you go. So folks out there, if you see Frank and Emmett coming to a film festival, go, go see it. This is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, signing off for this theater horror story and we'll see you next time ta-ta